chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, amen. Let's see if I'm on. I am. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to minister again on know how your life will turn out. You and I can know how our life is going to turn out. And I'll tell you, that's a, that's a great pushback to most people's theology because they are saying God's in control and you don't know how your life will turn out. You don't know what people are going to do. You don't know how the pandemic's going to play. You don't know what your jobs is going to have. You don't know what people are going to stab you in the back or run off from you. And so you don't know how your life will turn out. But I say that the word teaches us that we're in control. We are in control. And, and I want to read some scriptures that talk about that, that says I can have a say in how my life is going to turn out. Amen. That it's not like you just never know. We do know. And so in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, we looked at this several times, but let's read it together. Verse 14, ready, read. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Well, it doesn't say there I'm suffering or I'm doing without. It just said I'm pressing, which we looked at that word. It means to pursue with the possibility or the willingness to suffer. You know, about everything that you ever did that was good, it took some suffering to do it. It took some uh, every risk that's ever been taken by any of us. There was some suffering, whether to, you know, should we do it? Should we do it? You know, it'll cost us this. And should we do it? That's a new job, changing cities or everything. And uh, it's a pursuit. You just have to stay in there. So we say we say that we were created for the vision that's within the born again man. I was created for such a time as this. Not just uh, Esther. We were all created for this time because absolutely, we looked at it the other day, the Lord could have put you and me in any generation, any season, could have made you a different gender and a different personality and a different race, whatever, whatever. And obviously it didn't matter to him being one or the other is not that big of a deal because he wired us on the inside the same. And so it, no matter what you are, no matter where you are, or, or no matter how what's happened, there's always a way of victory. There's always a way out. There's always the plan. So it doesn't matter like, oh, I was born a woman or oh, I was born Oriental or I was born to poor parents or whatever. Well, so what? We say everybody has a story. And they do. And everybody's got one. And when you get on some with some people, they want to talk about their story. Like going through suffering makes you special. Uh, it's not special unless you come out of it, unless you dominate it, unless you win, because everybody has had pushback in their life. So uh, we have to find our life wherever it is, deal with it, what our parents did and didn't do and what uh, accident we went through. Uh, I have a uh, a very had a very good friend that uh, he was with his cousin when he was about 12 and uh, shot the other one in the eye and he lost his vision in that eye. You know, they were just 12. They were cousins. And you, you could you could have some wonky feelings about that. You could have some some pushback on that. And it's like, OK, you just have one eye. So. So what? 
It, it just, we, you know, that old thing about I had to walk five miles to school and it was uphill both ways. Everybody's trying to tell their story. So we said, and we're just recapping here, that vision, the vision that you and I have, the vision that, that we have embraced, whatever that is, is the sum of your life. It's what you've decided to do, whether to suffer and be a poor, pitiful me or a victim or whatever, or to be great and to rise up and say, I'm a winner in the Lord Jesus. But uh, without a vision, the default to that is a meaningless, hollow, and tired life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it just came on me when I was studying two weeks ago. The Lord just told me, people that are tired and bored simply need a vision. Because everybody knows when you get a kid, the, your first child, or your first grandchild, or you're 33, you know, you just get, you just get wound up. And we're going to buy them something. We're going to take them somewhere. We're going we're gonna to keep them for 30 minutes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and you just, you just change everything when there's something that you love or something you have a vision for comes into your life. And we all need that and we all have access to that. Because the vision's, the Lord's given us a vision. Helen Keller said that the only thing worse than being blind is to have sight but no vision. So here we are. We all see and we dream. We're dreamers. And it's a, it's a, it's a pitiful person that has no dream. That's just marking time. I had someone that was uh, a couple of few years ago and she had uh, uh, cancer, had got a hold of her and she fought it and she did what she knew to do and that. But it, it, she finally entered into a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of complications. And uh, she said, OK, Pastor, I've just decided I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. I'm, I'm through with this. It's over. I, I'm tired, which happens a lot. And, I'm, and I said, okay, how are you going to do that? How are you going to die? You know, you, you, it's not like it's a switch that's behind your left earlobe or something. You just turn it and it, it's over. And she had lost her vision. And that's what you want to do when you lose your vision is you like, especially that we're born again, we understand. Now, I do not understand people. You understand what's going on. People that take high risk, that jump out of airplanes with small parachutes <laughs> and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Why they live on the edge of death all the time, not understanding that they're one heartbeat, one breath away from hell. Well, we're Christians. We, we have that. That's not a part of our life. But even then, if we lose vision, we don't care what happens after that. So vision's very strong. I, I said the other day, it's our GPS. GPS tells you where you are, and if you program it, and she starts talking to you, it'll tell you where you're going. How did you and I work without a, with a paper map? Well, I can tell you, I've made lots of circles in an area. Look, because I, have, I, I, did, I need a GPS. The, uh, the Lord Jesus, in John 34, 34, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Well, that's your vision. Well, that must mean there's no fun. I'm telling you, his vision is fun. 
If you, people are fun. I know you and I have met those people that aren't that fun and want to take away our fun, but you just got to change them. I'm the funnest person I know. Just think about that for a minute. I, <laughs> I need to get out more. <laughs> Hallelujah. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So the word meat there, literally, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a food term. It's a mental satisfaction term. My mental satisfaction is to do the will of him who sent me. That's it. So people are pretty dull and pretty bored and pretty uh, depressed that don't have the will of God working in their life. They're filling their life up with the pursuit of money or fame or power or recognition or self-worth. Just don't know who they are and don't know how to find out who they are. It's Jesus. Turn with me to Proverbs, if you were. Let's just look at that for a minute again. Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. So vision is important. Vision is so important. You can, you're not doing anything that you like if you don't have a vision. We call it marking time. Just going through life. Like I'm ready to die. Well, how are you going to do that? People die all the time that are still breathing and pumping blood. But they're dead on the inside. They have lost hope. Somebody in their family has has kicked them to the side. Someone in their life has spurned them, rejected them, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a romantic relationship. They just said, I'm through with you. I don't want to be with you anymore. And it just devastates people because their vision is all tied up in those things. Well, your vision, my vision needs to be a little higher, doesn't it? It's, it's my mental satisfaction to do the will of him who sent me. And that's really all you need. And people are just a part of that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, progressive vision, literally, the people perish. And I looked that up a little bit. And the word for perish means to go back. That's powerful. Where there is no vision, the people go back. How many of y'all want to go back to being 23 years old? (laughs) It's scary beyond words. No offense, Matthew. I know that's still in front of you, but uh, you're going to do better at it than we did. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. And what we did know was wrong. And so uh, that's why we don't want to go back. The word has a connotation of decay. Without a vision, the people decay. They they are unable to regenerate their life. They slip back. They they degradate. Uh, they uh, they they go they go back, and so I was minister- I was meditating on this. Without a vision, the people perish. It must mean that flourishing or prospering is more than just your heart beating and your lungs breathing. It must mean that there's an integral element that we all need, and we have, but sometimes we lose it, sometimes we gain it. But there's an element in us. That's more than just existing. And if we lose that, we have that, but if we lose that, then the word says we go back. Go back. Go back to an earlier time, going back to a lesser time, going back to a harder time. Aren't you glad with me this morning that the Lord Jesus has lifted us up out of the miry clay? 
put us on a place that's high and, and delivered us out. Uh, anytime you think you're having a bad day, just think about somebody in Mayfield, Kentucky that has no power, no home, no business, no wife, no children. Just, just go there and you go, well, that's unusual. It happened yesterday. And it happened in a very churchy, uh, God-loving and, and conservative town, I'm, I, I'm assuming. Not that it would be any different for any other kind of town. But it would be like the people that, that always say, uh, they died and I don't know because they were such a good person. Have y'all ever heard that? It just wasn't right for them to die. They were such a good person. That has nothing to do with anything, does it? And so if you lose your vision to live above trouble, then you're always subject to that. It's, so there's something that implies that life requires more than breathing and, and working and, and uh, getting up. We require a vision because if we lose our vision, if it ever gets snuffed out or, or covered, then the word says we go back. Literally, we perish. We cease to flourish. We start struggling. And I'm just going to put this out here this morning that every time you and I have ever struggled, it's because we quit seeing the end. We quit seeing the, the, the result of us of our life going forward. In other words, we, we stop and we say, I'm through. I just want to die. I just want to go to heaven. Well, we don't even know how to do that. People lose their vision all the time and then they, they just quit. They keep living, but they, they're dying on the inside. And so I'm going to say it's a terrible, terrible situation. That disease is terrible, disappointment is terrible, but losing your vision is terrible. So we need to stir it up all the time. Let me, I've, I've just, I've changed my mind here. I'm going to do this. Uh, I didn't realize this morning, but I was, I got Deborah to drag me out of puzzle. And you know what I'm going to do. And I didn't realize that the back had the cover on it too. But literally, if this is a 1,000 piece jigsaw puzzle, it's got a picture on it that looks like it'd be pretty hard to put together. But what if, what if you emptied out, it was a Ziploc bag of some kind. What if you scattered it out and put all the pieces color up and this is all you had to look at? You'd never seen this, but you could only see this. Well, you'd say, I need a vision. I'm going to perish. This thing's going to take 42 years and nine months or something to put together because it, there's, you don't know what you're looking at. So every piece doesn't, you don't know where any piece goes and, and it's, it's pretty futile. Well, that's the way a lot of people are. They don't know where they're going. So I put down, I wrote down that vision is dreaming. That if you, are, if you have a vision, it's because you and I have turned off reality where we actually are, where people have mapped us out to go, and we start dreaming, and we get into a realm that's not natural, a realm that's not reality, a realm that's not based on the things, the elements in your life, you start dreaming about something that's impossible or at least improbable, and you start looking at that and saying, that could be me. Dreaming or vision is essential. It'll be a very dull and disappointing life for the Lord to put you and me in this earth, in this generation, 
give us a healthy body, give us ability to do anything with any, anything. Anybody can be a millionaire in America. Sometimes you're way old before you figure that out, but we have a tremendous opportunity in this nation. But actually what people need to know overseas is that this gospel gives them plenty of opportunity no matter what their country or their upbringing or their lack of financial anything. It's the same as it is for us. This is not an American gospel. The reason it's, we have such an opportunity in America is because our founding fathers took our government out of this word and gave us a vision. So I think that without dreaming, a person's life is futile, it's empty, it's pretty hopeless. They're just going to work, they're buying groceries, they're eating, they're watching TV, going to bed, and then repeat the next day. They don't go to church many times, or if they do go to church, there's no dream. It's just a, a recount of all the bad things. Do you all know how much church goes on just recounting all the bad things that are in the earth? Woe is me is what they're talking about. So every time I've been tired or bored, and I have, I've gone through seasons like that many years ago, they call it a midlife crisis. It's not, it is a crisis, but it can happen at any age by anybody, but it just means you lose your vision. You wake up one day and say, I'm 52 years old, and what have I done with my life? And that's a valid question. What, what are you doing with your life? There's just so much support around us in America to have a good life without a dream. But then one day you wake up and say, this is about to end. I've got to get a dream that's beyond me. So what, is, what does a dream do? I say that if without a vision the people perish, that with a dream you have life in exuberance. Say that word with me. Exuberance. You are the happiest fellow on the planet. You, your life is, it is straight up. And we ought to all be that. Because we're born again, spirit filled, and we know the word's got every answer in it. We ought to be having a happy day. Every trouble that can come against you and me, whether it's in your body, in your mind, uh, if it's financial, if it's marital, if it's relational, we've got an answer. There's a way out for all of it. So we ought to be the happiest people on the planet. People ought to get around you and say, if I could only be like them. Dreaming is when the supernatural becomes natural. You start dreaming beyond your means, beyond your beauty quotient, your handsome heredity, or you just start getting out there where reality is frozen and we step out of it into something that's beyond. And uh, it doesn't matter if society doesn't like women. It doesn't matter if, if you don't have an education. It doesn't matter if you've got three divorces in your past. It doesn't matter because you've got a dream and that dream's going to carry you over. I love Ephesians 3.20. Matter of fact, let's just turn there. I hope you have it marked where you can hardly see it. But it's, it's just indelibly written into your heart. I love Ephesians 3.20. It is, it is the kingdom. Y'all say amen. Ephesians 3.20 is the kingdom. 
Second uh, Corinthians eight, nine says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty exchange substitution, ye might be made rich. That is Ephesians three twenty. And then there's first Peter two twenty four that says by his stripes. You were made better or had a little had a little increase says you were healed of everything that could possibly take you out. You were you are healed by decree and all we have to do not walk across every mountain and swim every sea and hot coals and all that. All we have to do is say, I believe I receive. So then we can go to Ephesians three twenty. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That's supernatural, isn't it? Because knowledge is, is natural. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. We can't, you can't wrap your mind around that. You, we, we, don't, we can't even say, well, that's what this means, because we can't say it. It's a faith thing. It's a heart thing. It's a, it's a born again experience that you would that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Either we would have a very low picture of God that he could come in and we'd be that'd be OK. Or we would have a very high picture of ourselves. But the truth is that you might be filled with the fullness of God is amazing. How amazing now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. I love those four words. And then he goes on that ye might ask or think. Well, that just puts it in a whole nother realm that you could say, well, God can do anything he wants to. Not likely. It's not going to happen. And it's not uh, there's. But then he says what you can ask or think. He puts it in my realm. He puts a vision that cannot be limited, cannot be stayed. There's no borders on it. He said, what can you ask? What can you think? What can you imagine? How could you dream or meditate? I'll beat that. Well, God, now I got I got some dreams in me. I, I can see some things from all these years of being in the book. And he said, it doesn't matter. I can beat them. No matter what you come up with, I can exceed and I can extrapolate on whatever you come up with. I can make it better, easier, longer lasting less suffering. You go, God, this, this verse shouldn't be for men to read. We shouldn't be able to read that and say that God said it because it's just too good to be true. It's just, it's too much. It's, it's beyond. And, and he said, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to contend for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to suffer for it. He said, I've already done it. If you'll just get your vision, your dream around it, he said, I'll begin to show it to you in layers and in degrees and in steps. And I'll show you that I mean it. And you can go as far and as fast as you want. Why would we not take God up on that? Because we have no vision of being God men. We have a vision. All people have a vision of being men, men, woman, woman, however you say that. We're like, we're natural, and that's what it is. But for some reason, we think we can go to heaven. Put those two together, that we're so natural, God couldn't do anything like that for us. But we expect him to take us to heaven at the end and give us a new body. It's like, these are contrary. 
So we're willing to suffer and be on earth as mere men, but suddenly be so special to be children of God that he suddenly adopts us on the way up. You're just worms. You're just you're just people. But on the way up, I'm going to I'm going to adopt you and make you sons and daughters. It's like, how does that work? Well, it's not in the Bible. It says he's already done it. So I want to read it again. Unto him that is able, and if he's able, he's willing. You know that. To do, to do, to perform exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is, that worketh in us. It's already in me. It's already in you. It's already in us. So where is it? It's the condition is ask or think. The condition is to believe I can get out there past my natural state of life. However old I am, my education, my station, the bad things I've done, that people don't like me, or whatever, 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 to just get past all that and say, I'm going to dream supernaturally. I'm going to dream of a life that's beyond all the natural consequences of what I've done and not done. I'm going to get out there in the grace and goodness realm. And it's rare. It's rare for anybody to do that. But I'm challenging you and me to be that people, to be a demonstration, to be an example, to be a testimony. And said, I saw it. I believed it. And it happened. It's extraordinary. We should be talking about God forgiving your sins and what do you do if the devil comes or what, what happens when your in-laws turn on you. All those sermons that people, they don't do a thing because you, you listen to them, you go, okay, that's nice. And then the next week you say, what, what did he preach on last Sunday? I don't know. It was good, but it just... Instead, we ought to be starting to paint on our hearts heaven on earth now and start seeing ourselves where not only do we not have any troubles, we are trouble fixers. I'm a problem solver, I can tell you. How, how did you do that with experience? Nope, just started finding the answer in here and saying, I wonder where that answer goes. It goes to somebody's problem and it fixes it every time. So God wants you to live here. Point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, hey, God, wants me God wants me to live here. To live. He wants us to. He wants you to live in the exceeding, abundantly, above all, all the trash, all the past, all the experience, all the disappointments, all the failures, all the things people have said and not said to you. He's like, I get over that. That's what Deborah said. Just shake it off. Just get over that. Just like, okay, you, you want to you wanna pout and carry on about how somebody's been mean to you? Let me tell you my story. You hadn't got a story. And we go, oh, I thought I was the only one. I thought that, that you must have had a no story because you're living in victory. And you must have no story because you're happy. It's like, no, I just believed exceeding abundantly above all I have experienced and gone through. And then, then on Monday, live and be that person again. Not just Sunday afternoon like, oh, I, yeah, I heard that this morning. But Monday it got up, bless God, we're taking no prisoners. I, I, I'm taking every situation and problem and person and, and thing, and I'm dominating it with exceeding abundantly above 
all that I have power to do. And it's a supernatural experience. But if you believe you're going to heaven, why not just believe in heaven's already here? Why not? If you can do that other, you can do with this. And we should. So my question, I always have a question, is... Uh, If, if the vision is a GPS, then we got to say, where am I now? You know, you, you look in your phone and say, Siri, where am I right now? And they'll, they'll spit out some address. And you'll go, that's where I am. And so where are we? Uh, slip over to Proverbs chapter 23, if you would. I, I want to know where I am because I want to move. I'm not everything about where I am is wonderful. You go, well, why am I there? If God loves me, why has he got me in this place? And everybody's blaming God. So Proverbs 23, 7, you know this verse. It says, for as he thinking in his heart, so is he. Why am I where I am? Where am I? And why am I there? The Bible says that I thought it in my heart. And so that's where I am. In other words, my vision put me here. Little vision, negative vision, victim vision, uh, poor me, or God wants to do it for somebody else, not people like me. Whatever, whatever, as a man thinks in his heart, that's where he is. Why are you where you are? Because that's how you thought in your heart. The, uh, I've got another, let's see, the BBE. Better Bible everywhere is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I just look it up in my, in my software. For as the thoughts of his heart are, so is he. So there's that thing about vision again. Why am I little in my own eyes? Because I sent myself there. And I wouldn't look over the fence. I wouldn't look over the boundary and say, you know, the grass is always greener over there. I wouldn't look over and say, hey, let's do something different. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how's tomorrow going to be? Just like I think tomorrow. I think today and I have it tomorrow. And tomorrow I think that day and then, then I have it on Tuesday. So I'm responsible. I put me here. Good, bad, or indifferent, I am the reason I am where I am. God didn't pick out a spot and say, you're a sorry little booger. I'm sending you somewhere where sorry little boogers go. Nope, I sent me there. Now, I wrote this in my book. Whatever you meditate upon is coming to you. Whatever I meditate upon is coming to me. And you go, no, nah, that's not true. It is absolutely truth. And if you'll deal with it. So I wrote down three things. I'm, I'm telling you, the Lord just is helping me. Whatever you look at, three things. Whatever you look at, whatever you listen to, and whatever you dream about. That's where you're going. Whatever you look at, whatever you listen to, and whatever you dream about which dreaming kind of incorporates those other two. So, how about this? Where, am, where are you, Michael, today? I am today what I looked at, 
what I listened to and what I dreamed about. I am the summation. I am the total. I am the, the whole of everything that I've looked at, that I've listened to, or I've dreamed about. Oh, I'm more than that. Nope, you're not. I dreamed bigger than that. I, you, no, you didn't. You may have got out there two steps, but then stepped back three. We are where we are right now because of what we've looked at, what we've listened to, and what we've dreamed about. Now, that's bad news for some people. But the good news is, is if that's how I got here, I can change it. Because all I have to do is change what I look at, what I listen to, and what I dream about. In Matthew chapter 12, I'll just read it to you. Jesus said, the Lord Jesus said, he's in the discourse there, and he says, well, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. So where are, where am I? I don't know where I am. Sure you do. You just listen to your mouth. You just listen to what you say. Now here's, I wrote this down. The head can lie. I can tell you I'm the greatest, the latest, the best, the, you need me and you need to help me and all that. I can tell you that, but my head can lie. But my heart tells all. You can fool people with what your head will say, but you fool nobody when we hear your heart. And it's casual conversation. It's when we are not contriving or manipulating that we that our heart speaks. You know, we used to say that kids with their mamas in grocery store lines about to check out. They have that little thing there that that is Kidville. You know, it's got suckers and gloves and balloons and all that stuff. And everybody, every kid, if, unless they're, they're wrong, every kid said, Mommy, can I have this? And what you say right there back to that kid tells all. If you say, we can't afford that, you've, you've, why are you where you are? Because of what you've looked at, listened to, and dreamed about. You have, I can't afford, in your life. No, we just, you know, it's the kid thing or whatever. Instead of saying... It's not wisdom at this time. And the kid's looking at you like, what? Can I have it or not? It's not wisdom at this time. So you don't have to buy it just because they ask for it. But you don't have to belie your whole life. But if it's in there, it comes out. It's not like you can retrain your heart to contrive. That comes out of our head. We manipulate. We control. We, we position ourselves out of our head. But as soon as that thing goes to sleep and our heart gets to tell the truth, it will tell you who you are. And you don't have to say we can't afford it. You can say, sure, baby, get one out, for, get another one for your friend next door or whatever because you have an abundance or you have poverty no matter what your money is. The Amplified says, for out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance. I'm going to read that again. For out, Jesus said, for out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do you gauge where you are? Either you can listen to yourself and, 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 and recall what you've said, or you can ask somebody, What's it? who am I? And they'll say, oh, you're, you're a poor person. You're, you're a sickly person. You're a negative person. You go, no, I'm not, no, I'm, you know, and our head will start kicking in, and we'll start saying, no, I'm thinking positive things, and I know, and everything. Yeah, but we listen to your heart when your head was disengaged. When you didn't think anybody was listening, we heard what your heart said, 
and this is who you are. Now, that's either good news or something else. So I wrote down the head can control the tongue, but the heart is hardwired. I can control what I say. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm rich. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm, everything's good. I've got, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. But if you just ask me, can, we buy, can, can I give my kid this candy thing? And we say, we can't afford that. Then we know what's really in there. Because you're not trying to convince your kid that you're prosperous. Is that right? Am I telling the truth here? I, I'm just, I'm wanting to know where I am really. Because if I'm not really where I think I am, I won't move. But if I look into me and say, ooh, that's pitiful. That's a little, that's a little smaller than I thought or hoped for after all these years and all that I've done. So you and I can know where we are. I can know what my vision really is. Because if I put on prosperity, it's not a matter of my bank account. It's who I am. It's who I am. And it doesn't matter. Show me your checkbook. That, that, that's not even, that has nothing to do with it. It's who I am. Who I am determines what I have and what I can do. So I have to find out who I am because if I'm poor, I cannot, I cannot finance the kingdom. I'll always find a way to get around it or not this week or not, that's not good. You, if you're poor inside, you will find a way to be poor. But if you're rich inside, you will find a way to be rich. So you've got to find out what's really over here because you're going to find out that's how it's going to be over there. So the mouth is speaking. The mouth is speaking every day who I am out of the heart. Am I full or I, do I have lack? Am I really full or do I just say I am because it's, it's what I want to hear. It's what I want to say I've been. I don't want to say I've listened to prosperity for all these years and I'm still just, just little. I don't want to say that. I don't want that indictment. I don't want that incrimination. But it could be true. Because if you were raised, and I was, with lack and little and shortage and need and never enough, then you have to drive it out. It doesn't just float out. Because you're always around those same people, or you're always around lack and little, and the world's always presenting that. And if you don't say, if you don't resist it and change it with the Word of God, you will always be that person. And I have to fight it. I still fight it. You go, you fight it? I fight it in the smallest little areas. I used to have to move mountains out of my life, you know, just whatever. But now... I'm generous because I'm big on the inside. I'm full. But it won't be that way if you get around people that are negative. Are you, are you brave or are you afraid? Well, this tornado thing comes on the, the squall line comes on the TV and you find out. You start battening down the hatches and you start canceling things. And, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be wisdom, but or you find out. Deborah asked me yesterday, did you go outside and talk to it? That's, that's how we think. Go outside and talk to it so we can get back to what we were going to do. Is that right? 
So it's, it's, it's in there, and what it is is what it is. And you can't, you can't say it isn't and make it not. If you're afraid, you're afraid, and all you can do is change who you are by starting to feed who you want to be. You've got to change your vision. Oh, but I, we went through a tornado when I was little. And you go, and that has what to do with what? Oh, we never had enough growing up. And I, you know, I tell you all the time about my two grandmothers. They both went through the Depression. And one, one came out and said, whew, we made it through that. We, we can do anything. And the other one went like, we're never going to let that happen again. And she, she was rubbing two pennies or two nickels together all her life. And you go, it's just vision. Actually, the one that was tight had more money. When she passed away, we found like, well, look what grandma has. <laughs> She's like, we never knew it. Okay, uh, are you healed or are you sickly? Or, you know, you got to know what's in there. Where am I? What? Who am I? Are you healed or are you sickly? Well, we'll listen. Somebody that listens to you can tell us. Oh, yeah. When they, when they get a cough or get a cold, they're always saying, I'm, I'm about to die or get the pneumonia or this is COVID or whatever. You, you, we find out. Are you strong or are you weak? When trouble comes, are you strengthened by his might in your inner man or are you running for cover? Now, it's not a sin to be anything one way or the other. Unless you don't want to change, unless you want to perish, because without a vision, you are going to perish. The tornado will find you. The COVID will find you. The economic downturn will find you because that's who you are and that's the vision you have. And it will be exceeding abundantly below what you ask or think if you get negative. And that's what that's who you are. And so that's what you'll have. And that's what you'll do. Are you anointed? Or are you needy? If somebody wants to give you something that you do not need, and you go, it's free? Yeah, it's free. And you go, we'll take it because it's free. You just know you're needy. We, we might need that sometime. Well, if we need that sometime, we'll go buy a new one. You go, that's picky. Yep, it is. But if you don't want to perish or have a degree of perishing or decaying or being tired, always fighting who you want to be with who you are, well, then you just change. You just say, we're throwing that stuff out. And you go on a concerted battle, uh, a strategy, a blueprint that says, I'm driving all little out. I want you to tell me when you hear little. Now, that's, that's brave because they'll, they'll scald you. <laughs> they'll tell you, What? What would you just say? Oh, I didn't mean that. That's not really what I meant. It's I, I meant this other, but I just said that. Nope, you said it. That's your heart. As you think in your heart, that's who you are. And you can ignore it. You can deny it. You can wish, but it is who you are. And who you are, what you meditate on, is coming to you. So I went from living under lack when I was young, and there's been no change in my in my. Surrounding. It's not like, oh, my parents got rich, and therefore it has nothing to do with anything. You just decide, I'm a pay, I, I've decided I'm a paymaster. You got any money? <laughs> I'm wealthy. Let's just say I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. And my, my bank account has nothing to do because that's who I am, and that's what I have, and that's what I do. So I'm a paymaster. Because I've preached 
giving for 41 years, and I got where I believed it. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. So that's, that's how you know where you are. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in overflow, whatever, whatever is beyond just the natural reaction to we don't have enough this month to pay the rent, whatever that is, whatever overflows, it says, well, it doesn't matter what we have today, we are paying the rent. We are paying the rent. Well, how are you going to do that? We are paying the rent. Well, it didn't happen last night. We are paying the rent. We are paying the rent and we are not getting COVID. We are not. Well, it's all over. It's everywhere. Listen, you ought to call out West Texas and let them tell you what they think about not being like everybody else. <laughs> you just smile and say, yes, mother. Yes, mother. <laughs> so if, if there's a way to know where you are, how can we know where we're going? So I got two questions. We found out the way you know where you are is if you find out how you think. That's how you are. And to measure how you are is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But where are you going? Because you've got to end up right no matter what the trip. Now, when I say I was raised, I'm not saying I was raised in lack or need or anything. I, I had everything every other kid did. We didn't even know that we didn't have anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying we, it, I wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth. And that's all I'm saying. So wherever you started out, doesn't matter so long as you end up right. So turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, if you would please. I'm going to tell you how to know where you're going. Don't you want to know where you're going? You go, ah, God's in control. Ah, nobody can know where they're going. You never know what God's going to do. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Boy, if only that was in the Bible. It's not. It's not because it's not true. He works in regular ways, but they're just supernatural to the natural. What if we did a study? Wasn't going to bring this up, but what if we did a study of all the amazing things in the Bible that are so unnatural to us? What if we took Philip that was translated after the eunuch was baptized and he was translated to a Zotus? What if we took Peter walking on the water? What if we took Peter's shadow that healed everybody? What if we took the, the meal barrel that never ran dry? What if we took walking on the water? Did I already say that? Yeah, okay, back again. What if we just went through all these things that are just Lazarus coming out of the tomb? What if? What if we just took all those and go, we hadn't touched what the New Testament talks about regular life yet. We're just talking about if we can just get healed or get rent money or whatever. That's not exceeding abundantly above. That's just there. But what if we did and said, Philip was translated. I need to be over there, but I need to take care of this need too. I believe I'll just go. What if our testimonies were like that? Yeah, I went down the street. It wasn't Peter's shadow, but it was the supernatural power, the anointing that was on him that he just got close to people. Now, that happens. That's, still, that's recorded. Happened. Translations have been recorded. Raising from the dead have been recorded, but just not with me yet. But I got to get a vision that if they put the bloody froth in my hand, it will die. 
Look at it before, put it in my hand, look at it now, and tell me what happened. See, we need, that's a vision. See, we, we need to get out of the vision of, I need to recover. We don't have any money, I need money to meet this need. Well, yay, boy, go for it. You've got to go there. But we ought to be funding the kingdom. We ought to be funding the kingdom like, ah, what am I going to do with this million, Lord? <sighs> i got to go pray, find out where it goes. That's how I think more and more. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm, I'm not pretending. I'm just saying I want to. And you got to want to before you ever get to. It says in Philippians chapter 3, we've already read it, verse 14, I press toward the mark. Where are you going? Where, what is your destination? What is the end of what you're doing with your life? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press. I pursue with a willingness to suffer. Well, how much is it going to cost to, to do that? Well, you're not in pursuit. You're not pressing. You're leaning. You prefer to serve God with all your life. But if it comes down to, to the line, you're going to stay on this side of the line. You're never going to see Philip being translated or your shadow. You, you, that's not going to be in your life. You're just pressing towards having a fun life that you can talk about. The Today's English says, so I run straight toward the goal. Straight. The Amplified says, to win the supreme and heavenly prize. Jesus said, what is that? He said, it is my meat to do the will of him who sent me. That is the pressing. Now you go, what's the prize to do the will of him who sent me? Well, what's that? It's in the vision. The word is the vision for all of us, general rules. But the specifics, you've got to find that out for yourself. You've got to listen in. You've got, you got, you got to blank out everything and say, okay, Lord, we're going to take my job and my bills and my health and my kid, and we're going to take all that off the table and just say we're going to start from scratch, that there's no limitations on my life and anything you want me to have and do will be based on who you say that I am. The first time the Lord told me we were coming to Alabama, ah, that's fine, that's fine. But when that, I was fine. But then we went to a meeting in Tulsa, and the Lord said, I want you to travel the nation. That was not fine. Because I didn't know anybody, and I didn't really want to meet anybody. I did not want to go into churches and preach. I did not. I, but that's what he said. And so I, you know, I had to change. I had to be willing to suffer. And so you have to cold call pastors. You got to call them and say, can I come to your church? Like, are you serious? They're not all very godly in certain situations. So I had to change. Well, I've got that in my life now. I can talk to anybody about a meeting. Like I, so you have to build yourself up. You have to find out who you are because I'm asking them to have Mr. Mr. Got It right here, which I had a little church in West Texas. It's, how are you going to have a vision of I've been sent to the churches in America if you don't even think you're very good at where you are? So I had to change or we're going to be hungry. 
So I started to call them and say, I got a message you can't live very good without. And they said, really? I said, yeah, and I'm the man to bring it. Well, we'll sign you up for February. It changed everything. I'm, I'm indomitable now. I'm not afraid of anybody or anything anymore because I've, I've had my feet in the fire. And Anyway. The message translation says, I've got my eye on the goal, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Let's say it together. And I'm not turning back. Everybody wants to start the race, but it's the finishers that get counted. Everybody's in it to see how far they can go. So I press. We're talking about where we're going. Do you want to know where you're going? Well, of course you do. It's based on pressing. I press towards death and life or in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I press towards that. I press towards my mouth. I've got a witness now that lives with me to see if I'm the real deal or if I'm just somebody that all these years has come alive on Sunday and told one story and then lived it another way at home. If you're a fake, you don't want that in your, in your life. So I press death and life. Death means uh, ruin, of course. So ruin and life are in the power of the tongue. I can tell you where I'm going. We know where you're going because your future is in your mouth. And you pave that little punk with your words and there's no good intentions involved. There's no I want to be's. There's, there's no uh, should have been's or God's calling on me or there's nothing. You can't blame anybody. Well, they, you know, the, the kids got this and the kids wanted to move there. And I just, no. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your future is in your mouth. And God will honor your words. And nothing else. So if I don't want to know where I'm going, I just say, I press towards death and life or in the power of my tongue. I press. I press. I press towards, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I press. I press. It's my call. Death and life, it's in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing are in the power of my tongue. My choices choice. I don't want to go to church this morning. I, yeah. yeah, we press. Shut up, feelings. Shut up. You know how many times I've been to church over 41 years and have the same body that everybody else does, which is sick every run, once in a while, and just came anyway? I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying it's more than just, well, yeah, he was there. I was there and nobody knew. And one time I stayed home. I was puking up my toenails. I was so sick. And Debbie said, you are such a wimp. You could have gone. I was sick. I didn't feel good. You should have been there. What kind of example are you? <sighs> I've had an humbling life. I pressed... I press what things soever you desire when you pray, believe ye receive them. I press for believe ye receive them and ye shall have them. But you got to press. You got to press. You got to pursue with the intent or the possibility of suffering. 
It just doesn't matter what it takes. We are going through. Not going to, but we're going through. I press towards right the vision that he who reads it may run. That's in Habakkuk chapter 2. You've got to press toward that. If you can't write down your vision, you don't have one. I mean, you've you got lots of ideas. You've got lots of possibilities. You've got potential. You've got a past that says this could happen. You know somebody that says, I believe in you and you could do this and that. But if you can't write it down, it's not yours. Because the vision in your heart is writable. So I say that you can know exactly how your life will turn out. I say we're steering, not the devil, not what you were born with or born without, not what your parents or your, what somebody abused you or, or did, treated you wrong or said they would and then they didn't and all that stuff. And you go, well, who's that? That's all of us. We all have a story. But I say none of that matters. That he'll do exceeding abundantly above what I ask. And if I'm asking or whatever, then I'm saying. And whatever I'm asking for, I better, I better have it right. I better ask for something that is in the kingdom. I better ask the questions that he's already said yes to. Did you get that? Asking or praying things that he's already said yes to. So you don't have to wait a month or a year or six to see if it's God's will. You already know. I already know this. You've already put that in my heart. I've prayed it out. I've looked at it from other angles. I went to church the other day and got this scripture was read to me or someone prophesied to me and he just pounded it in. That's how I came to Alabama. It was just pounded in from every direction. And there was no there was no wondering about it. Unless you just got to have God appear to you in, the, in a vision in the door or scratch it on the wall, then you can know you can know your vision. Well, why don't we? We don't pursue. We don't press. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm pressing towards my job and I'm pressing towards my family and I'm pressing towards this COVID and I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Well, you're not pressing towards the vision, toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that's what you got to press for. My life has only one dimension. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. I have no other dimension. I'm going to raise my kids right in that dimension. I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to be a paymaster in that dimension. I'm going to be healed in that dimension. But everything has to support what he's called you to. So this is real good. It's a little bony. It's a little, you know, a little hefty. It's like it's not for the casual observer, but it's truth. And if you love truth, you'll be set free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I want to be free. I want you to be free. Broadcast, I want you to be free. Jesus wants you to be free. What difference does it make what I want? He wants you free. So we tell the truth. And if you, it'll be up to you. If you want the truth, if you want to be free, you can say, I'll, I'll, I'll change and embrace the truth. And if you say, that's too tough, then just live an empty, tired, and boring life. Because that's all that's left. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.